Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. Now, Jen, before we get into the whole thing tonight, we have another five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which I am very excited about because that actually, that's one of the things out there that really does help us kind of get noticed and moved up in whatever rankings they're out there for for history. We got a review from Nursey Q, and this is based on our last Gettysburg ghost episode. Oh, cool. Says, she said, thank you for the episode. I used to love watching ghost hunters, etc., but not for the ghosts, just for the history of the places they were going to. That's basically why I watched the history. But now I have walk and talk with history and I love it. You are both so informative. Thank you, Susie. Oh, that was nice. So thank you so much, Susie, for leaving the review that I, I love it because we love getting that feedback uh, for you know, indie podcasters like us. Um, that, that feedback really does help and it kind of does. It's nice to know what our audience mm-hmm. is, is enjoying out there. So thank you so much, Susie. Um, for anybody else listening, we love getting reviews. If you want to do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else, um, hopefully we'll see the review out there somewhere, or you can shoot us an email, um, and you can find our email over at talkwithhistory.com. Now today, we'll be taking you into Grant Hall at Fort McNair, Washington, D.C. This is the location where the Lincoln assassination conspirator trial was held in 1865. Now, on April 14th, President Lincoln was shot by the infamous John Wilkes Booth, as many of us know. But less than less than a month later, eight conspirators sat in that very room that Jen takes us through in our most recent video. So, so Jen, how did this all come about that you were able to get into Grant Hall? Because it's on an army base. Yeah, it's on Fort McNair. Uh, Fort McNair is the third oldest army installation in the United States behind West Point and the Carlisle Barracks. So it's pretty historic and old. Uh, But, you know, I can get on the base because uh, I'm a military spouse. (laughs) That's right. Now, you had tried a couple times before. I think we'd even tried to bring... We tried to bring J.D. We tried to bring J.D. on because he was in town. I think that day, I honestly think they were worried that people were parking on base to go to the Nationals game because Fort McNair is directly beside the baseball stadium. That's right. And they were and but when I went on this time, they were allowing people to park on the base to go to the Nationals game. Were they really? Yeah, I think now it's like a thing. Now you can park there if you're military. They even had a whole section cuz the game was going on at the same time. So I think they kind of like embraced their location and uh and I think at that time we had like a new guard yeah we didn't quite understand what was well, it was it was a weekend it yeah. was kind of an off time but what has happened recently okay so the third floor of grant hall is just recreated of the lincoln uh military tribunal right. that happened so it that's all it's there for and so they want people to see it and visit it the issue is the rest of the building is used for the national defense university it's used for the african-american studies and so people are in there doing they're, the professors are in there. They're There's working. a they're working, and yeah. so they don't really want people traipsing up. And because it's three floors, no elevator. It's a historic building, and so they don't want people in there during working hours. So they have an amazing PAO. 
there and you can That's call public affairs officer. public affairs officer. So if you get on the website, you can call that number and she will let you know of the, they have civilian times where they, you get yourself on a list, they'll meet you at the gate, they'll get you onto the base. And I believe that they even mentioned kind of like the more public dates yes, on the website. On the so website. you can kind of plan around that. So if you're interested, we'll put a link in the, the mm-hmm. description of the, the show notes description. And we did the same thing in our video on YouTube. Um, but you got a hold of the, the public affairs officer yeah. and she was super excited about it. She was it. super excited. I, I told her I had base access. I'll meet you at Grand Hall. And she's like, yeah, I'll take you up. She has the key. She goes, you can film and do whatever you want. Shout out to the public affairs officer at Fort McNair. She was super helpful. Was very super excited awesome. about, you know. Very nice. She, she was great. Um, yeah. And we were really and excited. She in be- Annapolis. <laughs> and, well, and then the nice thing was is that you kind of got your own personal tour of the space and mm-hmm. for, for making the video. And after anybody listening listens to this podcast, I encourage you to go check out the video because we do, we took our time kind of really painting the picture for what the building used to look like. Yes compared to what it looks like now. I spent probably like a good couple hours trying to figure out the best way to frame that. And I took an old picture and I show very clearly where you were standing Mm -hmm. and what remains of Grant Hall because it used to be a penitentiary. So it used to be a penitentiary built in 1829 and it was a huge penitentiary. Um, But it doesn't really gain its notoriety until 1865 when this military tribunal happens. What was nice about having it to myself, and you'll see in the video, is when people come and visit, it's packed. Small. It's small. And so, and they have reenactors in there. And it's just, it would be hard to film with so many people around and walking around and reading everything. One thing they do have, and you'll see in the video, is where the military tribunal sits. So they are, there are uh, nine gentlemen. They have their pictures there. Uh, around the table. So those nine gentlemen are identified. Now, this military tribunal is nine because they're using this kind of number system for guilty and for execution. If you're found guilty, it has to be majority, so five over four, and then for execution, it has to be two-thirds, six out of nine. So they've tried to make it very basic numbers here. It's not beyond a shadow of a doubt it's not full amount of people it is just majority and two-thirds well and and that's different than i think you mentioned it briefly in the video but we you don't go too deep into it in this particular one but there was some controversy Mm -hmm. you know around the fact that this was a military tribunal and not a civilian court so president johnson he got his attorney general who told him uh let's do a military tribunal it'll be faster it'll be easier and this happened during wartime and because this happened during wartime we can even though these are civilians they acted in a war-like action uh assassinating a the commander-in-chief and so we can we can try them in a military tribunal then you get the secretary of war who's like no this has to be done in a civilian court um but johnson's whole mindset is he wants it done fast right because Lincoln is buried at the beginning of May. The trial basically starts the beginning of May. He wants this done. The country wants an answer. They want, uh, and they want their justice. Well, and, and even if you think about it, right, even Lincoln wanted the, the nation to heal. Mm-hmm. 
right? And you've talked about this in some other videos. And Lincoln didn't um, want any malice. He didn't want any malice. Like he wasn't trying to execute a bunch mm -hmm. of Confederate soldiers or generals or anything no. like that. He didn't call for any of that. So Johnson, right? Obviously, previous vice president, now president. I assume that they had been had those discussions together and he was kind of carrying that sentiment forward and he was trying to say like hey this Lincoln wanted this to heal and in order to heal we have to get past all this tragedy and this yeah. was like almost the high point one of the high points of tragedy of, of the war when you think about it it's so immediate Appomattox is happening in April the beginning of April and then the president is assassinated in the middle of April. Yeah. Then he's basically buried the beginning of May. And they're going to start this trial again the, the middle of May. Yeah. So it's happening quickly. Yeah, he gets buried like on May 3rd or 4th. May 4th. And then the tribunal starts on May 10th. Yeah, so what happens is on May 1st, President Johnson issues the order for the conspirators to be tried and using a military commission. And then on May 9th, everyone has read their charges. So people go to their cell doors. They take off their hoods. Yeah, that you and see you in show the picture. that. Yeah, we show some pictures So they take the hoods off and read their charges. But what's interesting is like the trial starts May 12th, so three days later. So they have lawyers in this. And I show you where the lawyers sit on those two tables kind of in front of the accused. They have three days to prepare their case. It, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the scenes, there was a movie made, mm -hmm. right? And I, I didn't include too many clips of it because we were trying to really show the space more than focus on, mm -hmm. you know, the kind of the controversy around a lot of this stuff. But one of the scenes that I was watching as I was kind of doing my editor portion of the research was the lawyer for uh, Mary Surratt, mm -hmm. right? That the kind of the main character, at least in, in the movie. Sure. He's arguing you know, for kind of a delay. I forget what the technical term is, sure. right? You know, for, for a stay or something yeah. like that because he needs time, mm -hmm. right? And that's what he's foot stomping. He's like, it, this this just happened. Like, you know, I, I need time. Now, obviously he's kind of playing a bit of the antagonist because everybody wants this to be done and everybody kind of knows who's guilty and, and this, that, and the other. But he's trying to, I think in his eyes, trying to do the right thing. Sure. So there is there is some controversy there, but at the same time, it's just moving fast because when things are in the military, you can do that. Sure. And uh, they're also playing on that gender politics because yeah. Mary Surratt will be the first woman executed, you know, by the federal government w within the means of the law. And so even in the seven week trial, they get 371 witnesses. So it's not like they can't find people who want to talk about this. I think, right, this is big news. And when you have these eight accused, right, you get Samuel Arnold, George Asserat, David Harold, Samuel Mudd, Michael O'Loughlin, uh, Louis Powell, Edmund Spangler, and Mary Surratt. When people see their names in the paper, they're like, oh, I know that person, or I talked to that person, or I saw that person. And you get people on both sides, character witnesses, people who saw the people uh, you know booth at mud's house right you're going to get people who saw booth and mud meet at the church months before this happened just to show that they knew each other like you're going to get those kind of testimonies i think people wanted to come forward and give them sure so they probably found their ways there and so i show you in the video where witnesses stood so they stood in that big wooden box facing the military tribunal and they have the accused off to their left they have the recorder to the right and behind them is a press table. I think the press table is almost the biggest table. Oh, interesting. And it, the press was allowed to be in there. And of course, every day they're turning out news with the drawings 
associated with it, with the hoods and yeah, all and the that, things. And that's how we have a lot of the recreations. Mm-hmm. That's how we have all the recreations. Yes. That's it. And I don't know when they redid the space. So what happened was, you know, this was just considered a working penitentiary, right? And and even we'll talk about the outcomes, but even when the accused are executed, it's basically out the front door. Oh yeah, right. They just take you out the front you, door. You look out the window, you can see. Yeah, it. and they do it right there. Yep. And so it basically it's as long as it takes them to build the scaffolding because yep. they're building it from nothing. So it's just a working space. So what happens is, in 1881, the penitentiary is closed. And it's basically all sections are pretty much demolished except for that eastern section. And then from 1901 to 1914, it's used as a school. Late 1900 is when it gets the name Grant Hall. They actually change it to Grant Hall because now it's just one building. And it's not even until 1948 that the base changes to Fort McNair Mm -hmm. because McNair is a World War II general. So you're getting this change happening around and you're getting this honoring of history, right? Now people are starting to, oh, maybe we should save these things. Now, after it's used as a school, it's used as a barracks and it's kind of made into officer spaces. And the PAO was telling me there'll be people who come in and be like, I lived up here. Really? There was a kitchen right there. There was a bathroom right there. Like they lived there. Oh, interesting. Right. So they, it was like, it was a barracks for officers. And so it was in 1996 that the barracks was handed over to the national defense university and the professors were in there and it was just a derelict building. And they were, it was got up for demolished because they weren't going to fix it. All the things it needed it was so old. But it was a professor who realized how important that third floor was and went to Congress and actually got a grant, a historical grant, to fix that third floor and preserve that building. That's so interesting. So thank God for that professor who saw how important of a historic artifact the whole third floor is. Uh, to American history. That's why it's saved today. Well, and it just goes to show, even just you talking about that right right now, right, in the military and it's just in general, w- w- this country needed some runtime mm-hmm. before it started really trying to, like, save save some of its history, right? Because we're such a young country compared yeah. to many countries around the, around the world, many nations around the world. You know, we're only a couple hundred years old compared to, you know, thousands, you know, for, for others. Leave it to, to someone in, in the late 90s, early 2000s to say, like, Hey, that that space up there—that's kind of there's, there's a pretty significant event that happened. Yes, you know, and he may have been looking at the old pictures too. He's like, you know what? I bet that's where where it happened, and that's and that's what they they did. And it didn't look like that then, even when they saved it, right? So they they redid it to make it look how it did. Okay. That's why I kind of mention it in the video. It's been redone to look like it did. <laughs> yeah, well, well, and everything's new. Yeah, you can tell. And they they actually wanted to use it for the mir- for the movie. But it wasn't ready in time. Oh, really? Yeah. So Robert Redford was kind of upset because he wanted to use the actual third floor, but it wasn't. It hadn't been finished in time. Yeah, classic government contract. Yeah, I don't think it was done till <laughs> uh, 2012. Yeah. So it wasn't finished in time. So, but they do have a bunch of the artifacts from the movie up there, and I show some of those uh, in the video. Yeah, it's really neat. We, so let's talk a little bit about the accused. What's interesting is when I walk in and there's a. It's basically they're kind of higher up 
and they have a wooden bar or a blockade in front of them. Think about a modern day court where the jury sits. Yeah, that's kind of where the accused were sitting. Yeah, there was eight of them. Eight of them, and they there was a guard between each of them, so they couldn't speak to each other. So it's kind of unlike a plain bench, and that's kind of why they're spread out. And their pictures are also displayed like the the members of the military tribunal their pictures are also displayed and then mary surratt is at the very end on her own because she's separated and then there's a gate against the wall kind of like a gate door to show you that was the door to the penitentiary the rest of the building so the civilians would come up the way you would come up to visit and not the civilians, but like the, the tribunal, the people who are yeah, not accused. Yeah. And they would all sit. And then the penitentiary, the accused would come through that penitentiary door and not pass that basic parishion, right? To keep them over to the other side. And so that's kind of how they kind of, again, kind of separated them in the space. Yeah. And again, if you, if you watch our video, we show a couple times and it's, it's pretty clear in the thumbnail, the reason basically behind that door you know, if you tried to walk out of today, you would walk out of the building and, and fall out of the building. But yeah. there was a whole huge, a huge prison, yes, prison. You know, wing behind mm-hmm. that. So they would stay over there. They would walk up and they would just walk right into this room. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm, honestly, they were like their hands were put in these uh, handcuffs that kind of separated their hands. Couldn't even touch your hands together. They wear these hoods. You couldn't, you couldn't even look out under. They basically, and they ball, they put a ball and chain on their ankle. So that's kind of how they were imprisoned the whole time they're in prison, which is not long when you think about it, because yeah, less than a month. The sentence is handed down June thirtieth. So, of the eight, you're going to have four executions. You're going to have Asarat, Harold, Powell, and Surratt. And if you watch our video. The night that Lincoln was assassinated, we go through the whole story, what everybody was doing that night. I'll link that in the show notes. So all four are directly involved with Booth. All four, you can see why these four are executed, even Mary Surratt. And this is like, even in the movie, The Conspirator, this is the whole question, was she guilty, was she not? Um, But there's no way you can deny the evidence that what she was involved in. She wasn't just providing the boarding house where they met. There's more that she did. Um, and then you get Arnold, Mudd, and uh, oh, Laughlin, who get life in prison. And they basically are tied to Booth. Mudd, we know for sure he sets his leg, but they're tied to Booth. They help with the kidnapping conspiracy because before this became an assassination uh attempt and in, 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 uh, in actually, you know, was an assassination. It, they wanted to kidnap Lincoln. That's right. The whole plan was to kidnap Lincoln and, and then ransom him for, you know, the South to be, just be left alone, for the South to just, you know, form their own country. And there was a lot of push in the trial to tie Jefferson Davis to ordering this kidnapping plot. So when did you meet with Davis? How well did you know Davis? I mean, were they ever able to try and prove any of that? They weren't. And because the accused will not testify, right? They're not going to. So it's only people what they heard, what they. And again, the people who more than likely are coming forth to testify want to see them pay the price for what they've done. I think if anybody is a loyalist to the South, they're probably not coming forward to testify. Um, about their character. 
Uh, although you do get Mary Surratt's enslaved woman who comes forth to testify about her character yeah, as a good right. enslaver. Yeah, you mentioned it in the video. Yes. Um, and then you get one person who helps with the horse, the the runaway horse, a Spangler, the horse for yeah, food. Yeah, he, he's the guy that you were saying in the video. He basically just like held the horse he for him. He held the horse for him. He gets six years hard labor. Uh, six years, right? Yeah, aiding and abetting. They were not messing around. So, and then the execution so they they hand out you know everyone is found guilty again that only takes f- five of the nine and then for the executions they're all the four executions take six of the nine and this is june 30th they're all executed july 7th so here you have what seven days to build a gallows for four because they're going to hang them all at the same time yep and Mary Surratt will be the first woman. Yeah, and those are all you see a lot of the famous pictures. Yes, pretty well known pictures, and and you mentioned a couple of them. Um, one b- before mm-hmm. the conspirators, you know, kind of got up there. Yep. on the on the gallows kind of stage per se. Um, then there's the other one where they're standing up there. Another one with the umbrella. Yeah, they're you know, kind of he- held over. They're kind of shading yeah. Mary, Surratt, Mary Surratt, which was interesting. She had her priest come up there and. Uh, and give her her last rights, but um, I know it's like uh, until they until they kill her, yeah. they're still giving her some feminine decorum, yeah. basically. Yeah, and you can actually find a picture of them hanging. Yeah. Yes, and so it's an interesting concept because it's like a whole platform just kind of falls away. So even if you were standing on that platform, you just like, like fall away to the ground. Yeah, yeah. hopefully nobody else yeah. was standing. It's up not there like them. four doors. It's like the whole half of the stage is going to fall away after the execution. They actually bury them just. Right there. Right to the side. Yeah. It's basically not even, you know, 10 feet away. And what's interesting is they bury them all right there. And I think Booth is also put with them, his body, because they have his body from when oh, they really? shot him. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that. And so it's, but then it's about four years later, President Johnson were allowed their families to have their bodies back. And it's about, it's that time as well, 1869, that he's going to commute the sentences of Mud and Spangler and um, Arnold and O'Loughlin. I think one of them had already died in prison, but the other ones live out some of their lives. Yeah, and Mud, I mean, he had actually done, you know, tried to kind of keep mm-hmm. doing his doctoring thing, right? He, we cover him a little bit in our, we, you visit his house. Yes. Uh, on a day that the house wasn't actually open, so you visit the front gate <laughs> to his house. But we talk all about kind of his case and how he actually knew Mud and he actually claimed that he didn't, but he had met him previously. He knew him. He helped him get him horse. He right. knew who Mud. He knew who. He did. They knew each other. And um, I don't think he knew he was going to show up at his door that night. Right. But when he did show up at his door, he knew who he was. Yeah. And so that's actually a really good video. If you're curious to kind of watch a couple of videos mm-hmm. on this, we have the, the Lincoln assassination the night of. We kind of walk all through D.C. We show you all the spots where all that happened. We have this Grant Hall one. We have the Dr. Mudd video. Yes. We'd love to do some other ones, but we have a couple good ones. We do. And so it was uh, O'Loughlin who he's sentenced to life in prison, sent to Fort Jefferson, and he dies of yellow fever in 1867. So he doesn't get to have his uh, sentences sentence commuted. Samuel Arnold does. He survives to 1906. He dies of tuberculosis. Of course, we know Mudd. He is uh, pardoned, but he dies of pneumonia in 1883 at his house there where we visit. And then Edmund Spangler, 
he is also pardoned and he remains in Maryland until his death in 1875. Yeah, and you said the movie, The Conspirators, is actually pretty good. It's actually very good. I would recommend watching it because they actually go into all of these individuals and uh, more about their lives and the people who play them are very good. The, f- the funnest part about this video, we talked about it afterwards, it's, it's a little bit less about the event itself mm-hmm. and it's really more of a show and tell. Yeah, it's about the space. It's about the space. It and was really neat just to just see. To be in the space. And I, and I think we ended up doing a pretty good job because the video is doing okay um, of really showing you and showing the viewers what it used to look like and what it looks like today. So you get a really good feel for when you're standing there at the corner of what are now tennis courts that are being revamped or whatever. Yes. That's right where the gals were. Right at the tennis court corner. Right at the tennis court corner. And then just down the way, and we can sh- we show you the picture. Yeah. So you have a really good mental picture when you look at that. And it was really neat to watch this and just be like, oh my gosh, right there. Like that's where they said like, okay, pull, pull the poles and mm-hmm. boom. Those people were executed and they were buried just just over there. And then in that space, all of those conspirators were sitting in there. Yes. You know, and the military tribunal and all of the stuff that came out of there, the pictures that we have today were drawn in that room. Well, the PAO says she gets picked people all the time who want to take a picture by like the window where the conspirators were sitting because it's such a, that went in Harper's Weekly. Like that was a very popular drawing oh, of the space and so people want to take a picture yeah. right there right beside like the stove with the pipe going through and they it it looks just like it and you're and i i also love to stand right where the witnesses stood yeah I yeah you cool. do in the video mm-hmm. she, like, she lets you kind of go back there and you're standing where the witnesses mm-hmm. stood you're actually back in the bench area mm-hmm. where the conspirators sat yeah so that was one of the really cool things and and if you're listening to this and, and this sounds interesting to you this is this is a couple great videos that I think you would really, really enjoy for our, for our listeners out there. So again, this was fun. I was bummed I didn't get to tag along on this one because I think it would have been fun to be inside the space. For those listening, please go check out the video because I think you would really enjoy it. It's pretty short, um, a lot shorter than, than this podcast. And uh, it'll, it'll give us you know that, that one more step towards uh, beating the History Channel, as we always say. So thank you this afternoon for listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. More importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them, especially if you think today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text, send them a link to this particular episode and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.